Create for No Reason is your weekly dose of courage to stop making excuses and start bringing your ideas to life. Hello, hello. I hope you are doing awesome. I hope you have been out there creating things that you love, sharing them with the world, sharing them with the people in your life that you love. For those of you that know me, you know that I love to share a fun activity that is to pick up a book, any book will do, any book you have laying around your house, and just open it up to any page and start reading it. And I do believe that what you read is meant for you in some way. And maybe it's not meant for you at that exact moment, but what's interesting is it's almost like you'll read something and then maybe a couple of days later you think, ooh, that makes sense. This makes more sense as to why I read that. It's a fun little activity. And the other day, earlier this week, I picked up the book Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. If you have not read that book, it is an incredible book and you might want to consider reading it. And I turned it to page 18 and this is what it says. Remember how long you've been putting this off, how many extensions the gods gave you and you didn't use them. At some point, you have to recognize what world it is that you belong to, what power rules it and from what source you spring that there is a limit to the time assigned you. And if you don't use it to free yourself, it will be gone and will never return. And for some reason, this really hit me, especially because of what I do for a living. I work with a lot of people, helping them with their dreams. And many times those that are older, they're in their you know 50s, 60s, 70s, and, and they are recognizing, oh my gosh, You know, we used to think we had all the time in the world to do everything that we wanted to do. In our 20s, we never thought that time was going to run out. And even in our 30s, we kind of feel the same way. And then as you get older and as you grow, and if you're listening to this and you're still in your 20s, amazing, you're super young and have so much time and in your 30s as well. And not that you don't in your 40s, 50s and, and beyond, we always have time to do what we love. There's always an opportunity if you are still here on this planet There is time to do the things that you know you're called to do, that you're meant to do. But we have to remember that we don't have all the time in the world. We have to remember that it's up to us to take action every single day, to stop talking about the things that we want to do, to stop just dreaming about them and instead taking those small action steps, those small little tiny steps that turn into big results as long as we do them over time and consistently. And so if there is a creative passion project, something that you have been putting off, let this be your reminder that there's no more time to put off, that you have everything that you need right now to get started in whatever it is that you want to do. And I hope that this encourages you to do that. All right. Today's episode is a great one. I love my guests. They are so incredible. And I'm so excited to have had the opportunity to have Justin Conacow on the show because he is someone who I have gotten to know over the past year and a half or so. And yes, I met him on Clubhouse. Like I have met so many incredible people. And who knows if I would have met them otherwise. Justin lives in Canada. So who knows if we ever would have crossed paths. 
but we did, and I am grateful. And he is a very strategic thinker. He is incredibly successful in the businesses that he runs. And he also is a very generous content creator who really cares deeply about putting great content out into the world and helping people fulfill their dreams, fulfill their mission, and really get in alignment to their passion and their purpose and the work that they're really meant to do in this world. And so we had a really fun conversation. We talked a lot about a lot of different things. We talked about business. We talked about content creation. We talked about how to get started. We talked about how to deal with the haters, how to deal with the haters, because we all deal with haters whenever we are creating content and we're putting it out into the world. In fact, one thing that he said during the episode that I just loved was haters are just confused admirers. Oh, that's so good. So good. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Justin Konikow is a real estate media and marketing expert serving more than just the real estate industry. Justin is a very creative individual and has a strong success in scaling businesses through how-to videos, spending time with industry experts, and a strong sphere of connections. Justin creates daily content, teaching people productivity hacks and accountability, which helped him scale his business and his journey as an entrepreneur. Justin founded the companies with his wife, Shannon, with the intent of turning the industry upside down, which is so cool. We're going to talk about that. You have to use creativity if you want to change your industry, which is what he's done because he has quickly, they have quickly become one of the biggest and most influential household names in real estate. They also have a media company creating videos, podcasts, visuals, and articles. So I am very excited to introduce you to my friend, Justin Konikow. Justin, what's up? Hey, Kate. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Thank you for doing this with me. I'm so excited to chat with you because you are someone who I find you're so strategic in your business and your life. And we talk a lot about creativity on this show. So I first want to hear from you. What is your living a creative and fulfilling life? What does that mean to you? I think it's integrating your purpose and your work together in an authentic way where you're not trying to be somebody that you aren't at your core, right? And like a lot of entrepreneurs, it took me a really long time to figure that out. Um, So my channel exists and my content exists to help people kind of jump through the five or 10 years of pain that I went through to kind of understand that I'm not living for the world. I'm living for my purpose, right? And I think you try to do a lot of the same things through your content, Um, And that's what a fulfilling life is to me, is genuinely just giving away things that will inherently bring out the best in other people. That's awesome. And you, so you have multiple businesses, you create a ton of content, and you and I, we've talked a lot about just content creation and how so many people get stuck when it comes to content creation. And a lot of people that listen to the show, they are, they want to have a podcast, they want to have a YouTube channel, they want to create videos and or put some message out into the world, but they stop themselves. So how do you consistently create so much content? So, I mean, I'll explain the companies that I create the content for so people can have an idea. And then I'll give you the exact roadmap that I use to create that content. So essentially there's prime real estate, which is in my goal, this, this hat that I'm wearing prime real estate brokerage is my core business, right? It is probably the largest and has the largest reach and the biggest team. And that company is based around being, the most trusted name in real estate. And we're also one of the only real estate companies on the planet that does all asset classes. So whether you're doing residential, commercial, investment, agricultural, recreational properties, new development, or investments, 
I have a division for each of those. And I have like Navy SEAL team leaders in each of those divisions. So you have to think about, well, if I'm creating content for Prime, I'm creating company for the real estate brand from a global perspective. But then I need to niche down to each one of those pillars, all of the people that are in those pillars, and then the individual properties and clients that I'm representing, I need to create content for each of those properties. The way that I structured that in the beginning was I was all of those things. I wasn't nearly as big as I was now, but I was the admin. I was the photographer. I was the agent. I was the back office. My wife and I started just trying to become well-known in our little neighborhood and then city and then territory and then building a team under us. So to give your people the roadmap of how to do that, it started with Instagram. I just picked one platform that nobody was using at the time and I committed to creating a video daily. I had inspiration. I had Gary V who was doing um, daily V at the time. And I was like, okay, I'll just do that for real estate. I'll take one piece of content. I'll explain something in the contract that the consumers don't understand. I'll explain what I'm doing if I'm at a home inspection or at an appraisal or at a closing. And I'll just educate the consumers, a daily video around real estate. And it's very interesting because I would actually credit that to being the biggest factor in how we grew so quickly and the foundation of what we have now. At the time, nobody was liking, nobody was commenting. And even for like the first seven years, I would say I was getting like 30 to 100 views per video, maybe four to 10 likes. It really, my following was maybe up to a thousand or 2000 up until probably 2021. Um, and it's after I did it for so long that I earned the trust of the audience that they're like, hey, this guy's not just doing it to sell me something. He actually is who he says he is that it all changed. How I actually shot the content was I picked up my phone and I went in my garage and the videos were blurry. My audio was terrible and I didn't have a script and I didn't really know what I was doing. But after doing the first hundred videos, I was able to figure it out and be like, ah, I don't really like how I framed it that way. I had really all kinds of stuff behind me I shouldn't have behind me. My topics were all over the place. And I started refining the process a little bit more, right? So using that roadmap of picking one platform, understanding what I did at the time and what I aspired to do, I started framing all of my content around real estate and started being thoughtful about everything I told you. Like I did residential commercial investment. I also did it in London, St. Thomas, Grand Bend. So as I was producing content, I started being more thoughtful as I'd be in listing appointments and people saying like, well, you only sell in London or you only sell in Grand Bend or you only sell houses. I was like, oh man, my messaging matters. So I actually took a spreadsheet and I took all of those categories and all of those territories. And I started really making sure that as I was putting out content, it was balanced. So you knew I did residential in London, that I could do commercial in Grand, in Grand Bend, that I could do investment properties in St. Thomas. And slowly but surely, just by plodding forward and making a ton of mistakes, I was able to really systemize it now where the machine is kind of rolling on its own. I can do this and content still being put out without me actually having to lift a finger. Oh my gosh. Okay. You said so many things. There were so many things in there that I feel like we could dive into. The first of which you said that you were creating content for like seven years that people weren't really watching. And I think that in today's world where we just live in this, I want it now. Mm -hmm. I want all the likes now. I mean, how did you push forward when people weren't responding. I never cared about the vanity metrics because I also knew very early on that a lot of people were purchasing followers for the vanity metrics. And I mm. saw it happening, but the difference is I was getting business and they weren't. So those same people that were buying 30, 40,000 followers, maybe they tricked a few average consumers. But as I was walking the streets, 
I would have people stop me and say, Hey, I saw this video. I had a builder ask me for coffee one day. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get this guy's listings. And I didn't, he actually just wanted to give me a $2,500 check for a habitat for humanity driver you're doing. He's like, your video saved me 10 grand on a deal I was doing in Windsor. Just want to thank you. That led to a longer term relationship. We ended up doing some business together, but I saw the active indicators that it was working, even though I didn't see the vanity metrics. And that's what I really want to encourage people about is even on YouTube, even if I have five people on my live stream, live streams, I'm hype because I also know people with hundreds of thousands of followers, maybe only have 400, right? So it's just perspective, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so true. One, one challenge that I hear from a lot of people is there's so many different platforms and there's so many different types of content that they create. So how can someone kind of, you said spreadsheets. So I'm like, obviously mm -hmm. you're very organized. So how can someone decide, okay, what would be my first 10 videos? So I, not as organized as it looks. I need the tools in place because I'm very bright, shiny object, um, could be doing a million things at once. So I use technology to help me organize things a little bit. Uh, but to speak to that one person that doesn't even know where to start, I think you need to ask yourself a simple question. How do you enjoy communicating? Maybe it's written word, maybe it's video, maybe it's photos, right? And I think if you establish which one of those three you enjoy, there's a platform for each of those. So let's go completely left field. Let's say written word blogs are your thing. I would say arguably LinkedIn is one of the best opportunities on the planet right now for you to do longer form newsletters or white papers on LinkedIn and then link back or embed other content that you have. So let's just say not even embedding content, you're going to write one thoughtful article on LinkedIn a week. Then you just commit to that. I would say don't commit to something that you can't do. Don't commit to writing a white paper every single day at 7am. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to right for an hour. Think about creating one piece of very valuable content a week on a platform that you enjoy in a way that you enjoy it. And once you've made that commitment, pick another day of the week that you tend to be in a happy place. Let's say it's Saturday morning, you're grabbing a tea and you're going for a walk in nature. That day is going to be your idea creation day. You're going to put 30 minutes in your calendar. You're going to bring a notepad with you, your tea. You're going to go out in nature, get inspired but you are going to think about ideas. What could I talk about? The way to come up with the ideas isn't to think about what you could talk about, but what the person you're trying to talk to is concerned about. So let's pretend you're buying a lakefront property in Grand Bend. You're concerned about overpaying. You're concerned about water levels. You're concerned about beach and deed access. You're concerned about things in the neighborhood about the subdivision that maybe you don't understand because there's a community pool that, everybody shares and there's certain restrictions in place. So if I'm talking to that person and I'm trying to create content for them, I now have five problems they're trying to solve that I could probably do 20 pieces of content for each. So all you do is you write down your ideas on Saturday and then you pick another day of the week where you're actually going to write out the content or shoot the content. So I'll move from let's say Saturday to Tuesday from one to 2 p.m. All you're gonna do is produce the content. So now you've separated your ideas from your production day. Once the content's produced on Tuesday, your distribution day can be on Thursday, right? So now you've separated your ideas, your shooting and your distribution into manageable time chunks that it doesn't consume your life. And then as you do this more consistently, you'll notice it becomes effortless because as I can tell you, here are my categories, here's what I'm posting. I can tell you it takes less mental energy for me to know that Thursday is my media day. And this is when I do my podcast. This is when I do my shooting. I'm kind of in this mode 
I don't have to think about it for another week. Yeah. All my content's done. It happens on Thursday. So now I get a couple more days to think about content and plan and get re-inspired. By the time Thursday comes around next week, I'm fresh and I'm ready to pump out the content, right? So what's your happy place? Usually fishing. I know that answer super, oh. super well. Or paddleboarding. Um, somewhere where I usually can't have a phone next to me. That's my happy place. Oh my gosh, yes. Being out in nature. What part of the creative process or the content creation process do you like doing the most? This. I like, I like it's interesting you ask me that question. Because I know how to edit. I've used Premiere Pro. I figure stuff out. I'm not patient, right? So like I'll leave 15 videos a quarter edited. And I know paying somebody is actually going to save me time and money. So I love creating it and shooting it and getting all the beautiful images to end up with the story. But I think the actual creation of the story, that's somebody else's power position. So formulating storyboarding, capturing the images, and then getting the final video is kind of what excites me the most. Do you have like a dream what is your dream for the best piece of content? Like, do you have something that you're like aspiring to be when it comes to the, the types of content that you're creating? I, I think it's exactly what I said in the beginning. It's you watch a piece of my content and you're just like, I'm fired up and you go and do something yourself, right? I think those are the pieces of content that I want to really encourage people about. I understand my current audience is heavily focused around the real estate industry because I'm happen to be known well in that industry. It's trickling into entrepreneurship, but you know, pieces of content that are showing people that the world's not going to define who they are. So we have a vlog coming out next month and it's on my, ch uh, my channel. Yeah. My channel, not the prime channel. And it's geared around the, the top five mistakes agents make that will paralyze them and, and make them leave the business. And I don't think everybody needs to be a real estate agent, but I want to help three or four people that maybe don't work for me that could be amazing at that job and it could change their life, understand where the pain points might be that they don't even understand, right? And, and just give them that aha moment. So any piece of content that inspires somebody to be the best version of themselves is what excites me. And you, I love that you have two different channels. I think that's really cool that you are able to kind of move from just the business side of what you're doing to your personal brand. And how does that, how do you um, kind of make that distinction of building the, the business channel versus your channel where it's, you're still kind of figuring out what all of those pieces are and what you're talking about on that channel? Well, it's the path I walked you through, right? So as I grew Prime, the company, um, I started bringing other people into it. And our founding principle is do nothing out of shelfless ambition or vain conceit rather than humility value others above yourself. The company was named after ourselves which got to a certain point where agents would go into meetings and it's like, well, where's Grogan? Where's Conoco? Like, who, who are you guys, right? So I realized that Prime became bigger than just Justin and Justin and Prime were intertwined. So it was becoming inherently more difficult for me to send people understanding that they're hiring a company that does real estate, not just Justin. So I had to thoughtfully separate the two companies and the two channels. Also, Prime the channel had a lot of content that was geared towards say real estate agents when that wasn't my target audience. The prime channels for people looking to relocate to Southwestern Ontario or find referral agents across the globe. That's what prime is for, right? So I had to thoughtfully think who's the audience and what questions do they have? They could care less about what it takes to be a successful real estate agent. At the same time, the thousand video plus that I created on my Instagram drew in a lot of real estate professionals that maybe weren't getting the mentorship at their brokerage that they wanted 
So they were getting it through my content. So I wanted to point them to a place of like, okay, we can be very focused on that here. And then through collaborations with groups like Breakfast with Champions, where we met in other places, I, I started being able to interview incredible people from different industries that could still speak to real estate agents and then merge the two. So I realized my, my prime channel audience was people looking to do business in real estate. My Justin Conical audience were people looking to grow businesses. Happens to be a pension for real estate and kind of niched out there. But I'm noticing in the analytics more and more people coming from other industries because the methodologies that we teach, productivity, marketing, sales, content creation could work whether you do custom sneakers, you have a coffee shop, or you sell real estate. So I think it was the natural selection of the audiences that made me think, okay, I need to separate them because here's the real magic. If I didn't, it would grow way slower because YouTube wouldn't know who to serve it to. Do I send this to agents or buyers? Now YouTube knows exactly who to send the prime people to. And it also knows who to send my audience to, which I've seen 90% growth almost month on month since I started getting clarity around those two things. Mm. What do you feel like right now is your biggest challenge? Like, what are you thinking about a lot these days? Uh, right now, we're actually going back to basics. So organizational structure, um, standard operating procedures, making sure we have the right people in the right seats. Our organization is growing and some people are evolving into more independent roles and we're almost building a company for the future. So my wife and I are heavily looking at the transaction coordination at Prime, making sure it's best in class and the marketing communications seats, and then the flow chart um, in between. And I think under that, it's checklists for everybody that's working within the organization. So they're delivering, so I can let the reins go and focus on the big ideas because my real clients, the ones that really understand what we're doing, understand that the leverage of our platform and my expertise is why they're hiring us, not because they need Justin to show up to every single inspection and appraisal. Like. Just like if you hired somebody to landscape your backyard and you're hiring the best creative person on the planet, they're not going to be picking up the shovel and moving the dirt, right? They're going to be making sure you get the best end result, which is that transition that I'm kind of going through right now. So you have a business with your wife. I always am, I always am so curious about the behind the scenes when, mm -hmm. um, when husband and wives work together. How is that dynamic? I, I mean, I could pretend it's perfect, but I like everything else, like my planning and my organization, it's... It's got these speed bumps because you have two personalities that are very strong world that think very differently, but I do find the way that it flows the best is when we communicate. So we try to do 15 minutes every single morning before our days get started, just check in what rocks are we moving, where are we at one hour every single week to just go through any major problems. Sometimes those conversations get super fiery and we realize that like, you know, we're talking business. We can't let emotions kind of transfer into this, but we want to be respectful to each other. And also we recently heard this, I think this was from Alex Hermosi. And they said, you know, if you're having a discussion with somebody, you need to be able to reiterate their argument back to them. And they have to agree that that's actually their argument before you're allowed to discuss your point. Because a lot of times we reframe what somebody's saying to us and make them look like the bad guy when in reality, that's not what they're saying, right? So I think to answer your question, the better the communication is, the better our synergy is, the worse our communication is, the worse our synergy is. Oh my gosh, that is just life advice. That is just life yeah, advice. <laughs> for sure. I think honestly, like I think if you have a disagreement with somebody, you know, I'm I'm a Christian. I can sit down and talk to atheists if they're being respectful. And I have some of my best friends don't believe in God. That's okay. But it's the way that we interact as human beings that I think sets the tone for our relationships. 
One of the things that I really appreciate about you, Justin, is I feel like you are truly always trying to get better. You take things that people say and you apply it. And you're also a huge learner and reader. I know you read a lot of great books and I'm so curious, what is on your list of top three books that people need to read? Well, I keep them right next to my little soundboard next to me. So here's some I'm reading right now. Um, this is a phenomenal book called Traction. Mm -hmm. you can see it. Um, it's the entrepreneurial operating system. It goes hand in hand with rocket fuel. And it's about understanding the seat and the position that you're in, having effective meetings as an organization. This is a faith-based book I'm reading right now. It's called Until Unity by Francis Chan. And it talks a lot about the, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, almost the pageantry of what the faith can be sometimes, right? The lights, the music, the you know, the, the culture of Christianity has gotten far from the actual source of it, right? So it talks about the unity of faith and what it actually means. This is the art of the CMA. So this is from our real estate agent peeps out there. Market shifting. We're in a very different market than we were in three months ago. So I'm studying to be the best expert to advise my clients by reading books that effectively tell you how to adapt to a shifting market. Also, another massive real estate agent book sold <laughs> the the basics. And then here I'll throw one down actually that I did an interview. I don't know if you were there that day. This just came in the mail. I'm going to frame this and I'm going to hang it up in my office. And this is a, be careful with it, a pocket full of dough. So it's a signed copy by Chris Doe, the future. I don't know if you know who that is. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I did a clubhouse interview with Chris Doe about a month ago. It was a breakfast with champions pop-up room and completely shifted where we're going with the media company that we own. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. So yeah, Chris Doe's, if you haven't seen his stuff, absolute beast, ran an um, agency, did work with Xbox, some of the biggest companies on the planet, now runs an education technology YouTube channel that you and I aspire to run one similar to his, so. Yeah, he's really incredible. Um, of the interview that you did with him, I'll have to go back with it. I'll have to go back and li listen to it. Yeah. I didn't even know you did that interview. But what were one one or two of the things that really stood out for you that you remember? It was thinking bigger, right? I think like I realized I don't want more clients. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't need more clients. The real estate company does incredibly well. That's my skill set. I think it's easy for people that are, say, my competitors to say, oh, look at Justin. He's doing podcasts. He's doing this, he's that. Man, he doesn't even sell houses. Meanwhile, I'm in the office earlier, work later than most of them, sell more houses than most of them. I'm actually in production. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, but I did realize on the production side, we were getting called for a lot of production work. And that's not what I really want that company to be. Right. We partner with people that are in similar SKUs as us, and we do help other companies do content creation and so on and so forth. But I don't want to just create another client services company. I'd rather create an education technologies company that shows that company how to do the content themselves internally versus us doing it for them. So that may mean that we work with them in the beginning to, sh to go in and shoot the content and everything else too. And maybe we can help their internal team set up their own stuff or partner them with other like minded people. So the prime media part of the company also gives access to other referral partners that we'd have that they never have access to if they didn't know who we are. Um, case in point, we have an incredible branding expert that works with some top celebrities. And there's a builder that has two TV shows coming out. He's going to get access to that person because of our relationship. So more referral education based than client services. And that's directly thanks to Chris Doe. That's cool. How do you read 
again, going back to, I, I think it's really, people can read passively or actively. And you seem like someone who's very active in your listening and your learning, which I think we're never really taught to read a book, like read yeah. in the sense of like taking the information and actually doing something with it, especially because there's so many personal development books out there, right? Like we can learn so much about just how to be more productive, how to have a better life, but actually putting those things in place, taking what you've learned and applying them. I find, I see it in a lot of our clients. I'm like, they, sure. they read book after book after book. I'm like, how many books yeah. do you need to read to finally do the thing you know you need to do? So how are, how do you read differently that really gets that pushes you to actually apply some of the things that you're learning? Um, I listen to most audiobooks. I like paperback. I like surrounding myself with books as well. You can't see it. I have a wall in the back. That's just books that I've read that really make me think about that next level, right? So surrounding myself with imagery that inspires me, I have a wall of like tons of people I respect. That's important to me because it's just, I think what you surround yourself with gets embedded in your subconscious, right? When it comes to reading, if I'm listening to an audiobook, I do this all the time. So I'll be driving, listening to an audiobook. I'll hear something and be like, great idea. I'll hit the Siri button on my steering wheel and I'll say, add reminder, thank Chris Doe in one hour or whatever that thing is. Or, you know, add reminder, prime media agency, referral business, education technologies. I'll literally say that out loud to Siri. And then at the end of the day, all of my reminders that were timestamped but not clicked off, I'll look at them and then I'll compartmentalize them and put them somewhere. So I use Siri as like a personal assistant, like note taker. And then when I do my mind sweeping practice at night, I'll look at my reminders list. A lot of times I swipe stuff away. I'm like, ah, I don't actually want to do that. But then I'll take two or three nuggets out of it and put it somewhere on like a Trello planning board. So when I sit down monthly and say like, what rocks do I want to move? That one on the media side is like front and center right now. And I look at it every day. I'm like, what do I need to do today to move that rock to where it needs to be, right? So I think it's having a system or something in place to help me capture the ideas and then reviewing them and then implementing. Yeah, I like that. I have a similar process. Like I have so many, I love to highlight. I love to use different highlight colors every time I read it differently. Although I'm not good at that anymore because now I'm, there's just like highlighters yeah. all over the place. I, I wish I had more time to read paperbacks, which I'm trying to get to that place. Going back to what you asked me about what I'm trying to do, I'm finding more time in my calendar. Like shockingly, like I'm not busy every second of the day. And it's weird because like finding time <laughs> to think I can actually work on bigger ideas. So yeah. Yeah, we need to do it. We need actual like think time yeah. in our lives. But um, and, and but. I listen, I do a lot of audiobooks too, but what happens is I'll listen to an audiobook and what do I think? Oh my gosh, I wish I had the book that I could highlight. So I end up having all their both. audiobooks and I get yeah. both. I have so many both. Oh good. <laughs> I think if you get honestly, I remember when I was a kid and my dad told me this. He's like, you know, if there's ever a book you want, I'll buy it for you. It's like the one thing he said is, you know, the education piece, endless. I'll do whatever, even if we didn't have a lot of money growing up, I'll buy you whatever book you want. And that stuck with me, right? Because we work out all the time, you know, we health and fitness is super important, but how much are we working out our brain? And I think if yeah. you can be the most talented athlete on the planet, or you could fill your brain with the most information, I think unequivocally, the information is going to weaponize you more than any of the, the biggest weights that you can move on the planet. Yeah. What does creativity mean to you, Justin? I think creativity and authenticity are two in the same in my world. I think creativity for the purpose of trying to be somebody or not is what 
we've gone through the last five to 10 years with Instagram and, you know, the, the age of the influencer, I think the influencer is dying. I think the age of the inauthentic filtered videos and photos, it's, it's going away, right? That perfectly curated feed is now taking place with people with crazy hair, shooting reels and TikToks and being authentically themselves, whatever version that means. Right. So I think creativity is, not being afraid um, to show who you are and show the world where, what and where you're inspired. What, um, when, what do you do, Justin, that's just like super fun, super creative, like you're not working, you're not creating content, just like you just enjoy doing it for the fun of it? That's a, that's a tough question. Um, I, I do think currently, like I try to, I'm crazy when it comes to this stuff, but I try and compartmentalize faith, fitness, family, fun finances. Like those are my five main pillars. Faith. I look at like, what are the things that I'm doing? Um, you know, where I do get inspired. I find that when I do spend time in focused prayer, I do feel more at center than I ever have. When I turn off all the devices, all the phones, all the podcasts, all the TVs, if you're if you can be comfortable by yourself in silence that's incredibly powerful the second piece i've really found seeing god and my daughter and spending focused time with her and my wife that's really something where i feel more fulfilled than anything like being present with them playing uno doing whatever really there's as much beauty in that as closing a, a 40 or 50 million dollar deal more so actually where i would trade that over the ladder any day of the week. And then when it comes to the fun aspect of things, it's what I said to you, I think like going out in nature and stacking physical activities with helping my fitness, whether it be riding a bike or paddle boarding or hiking and fishing, I've really found more joy in that than I have probably ever before in just chasing kind of general fitness. Oh, I love it. Isn't it funny how it's like a flow? It's like such life is such this flow of certain things that really mean something to you at one point, And then they kind of switch as you get older and really discover what it is that you enjoy doing, which is cool. Cause it's almost just like you get to be creative in different areas of your life at different times of your life. Yeah. I think people chase things a lot looking for approval from other people. Right. I think mm -hmm. we all went to school as kids and we wanted to be seen and we wanted to be liked and heard. And we did the things that we thought we had to do to be liked and seen and heard and being with the cool kids. And I found for years and years and years, I chased work and money and access and power and all these different things. And there was always like, you're chasing the next thing and the next thing. And then what I learned over the years was you're going to be chasing that thing forever because it doesn't matter how nice of a car you have or how much access you have or how many things you sell. None of that is going to buy you love, loyalty, or respect. Right. And I found that finding purpose, all of a sudden, you'll be mocked in the beginning openly for years. I'm sure I'm still mocked openly for the content creation stuff that I do. Maybe a couple of times it gets back to me, but it's fascinating how, you know, people at first will tell you you're crazy, then they'll make fun of you, and then they'll be like, Yeah, I always believed in you. I always knew you would do it. That's amazing. Congratulations. Then you notice really that the value of the love, loyalty, and respect from those that are with you for the right reasons is more valuable than anything you'll ever get. Oh, we have to ignore the haters. It can be hard. It can be mm -hmm. hard for people, especially when they're expressing their creativity or putting things out into the world, like especially videos, right? Or videos, articles, whatever form of content you're creating. It can be really hard when people don't like it or they openly talk about it. I mean, 
Haters are just confused admirers though. Like usually it's a reflection of themselves. You can't control how other people treat you. You can only control how you react to the way they treat you. So I would say never in any history of the world has being cut off in traffic and yelling and, you know, getting mad at the person ended with you feeling great for the rest of the day. Yet, if you cut somebody off and they get upset and you say, I'm so sorry, you know, have a great day. Even if you weren't in the wrong, you take ownership of it. You forget about it an hour later and that person's day is completely ruined because they're just angry. So it's all perspective, right? Yeah. I like that. Haters are confused admirers. Yeah. They want to do the thing you're doing. They just don't know how. So the easiest solution is just to, you know, blame you or mock you to make themselves feel better. But it's usually an indication that there's something going on with them. So it's a them problem, not a you problem. It's a them problem. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I always ask my guests to share one tip that one activity that they can do 10 minutes or less to help them live a more fulfilling life. Yeah. Mind sweep every single day. I'm 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night. That's the prescription. Grab a piece of paper, dump everything in your bread, head bread, grab everything in your head on the piece of paper. And then if you really want to supercharge it, create like an external brain like Trello or Evernote or notes and create a couple small lists so that you can then take what you just dumped on paper and organize it for your calendar for the week. Because all these little tools help relieve the stress of having to remember everything. I think we all put too much pressure on ourselves. And I think once we boil down what we actually have to do to create the life we want, it's a lot simpler, but we just think we have too many things to do. We don't do anything. Meanwhile, if you did like three to six critical things daily, even just Monday to Thursday, keep Friday, Saturday, Sundays off, you'd probably be better than 90% of the world. So mind sweep 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night. That's so good. All right. Well, now you said one thing because I love that you share that even after when you actually get everything out of your head, so many people stop doing anything because there's so much to do. So how do you do the the first thing to kind of push you forward to take action more in your day? Urgent this week, someday. So those are my only three lists I have. Urgent, I cannot have more than six things on my urgent list. That is like the house is burning down. This absolutely has to get done today, right? Your this month would be things you're going to move every single day to your urgent list. So if you have 40 things on your this month list, you're only going to move six a day, but six a day times even four days is 24 things a week times how many weeks in a month times how many weeks in a year, you're going to get a lot done if you can focus on six things a day. Um, And then weekly, I'll review my this month board and you'd be shocked how many times you just naturally take care of things. Um, And then you can build up from there. Once you develop that habit, I'll have a list that, you know, urgent this month someday. And then I have another list that says follow-ups. So urgent tasks and follow-ups aren't necessarily the same things. It's another level, but if there's like 42 follow-ups I have to do, I can just have that in a follow-up list. And then as I'm driving or doing different things, I'm blasting through follow-ups. So it's just system solutions for people problems, right? And I think having an external brain is like having an unpaid assistant that is incredibly valuable. What did I say, people? He's the most strategic person. I feel like every question you're just like, I have a, I have a process, I have a system, I have something set up for that. I, I had to though, because I failed a lot. So I, you know, a lot of these things come back to me in three years, they're going to be very different from what I'm telling you now. It's just, it's the journey, right? Yeah, that's right. It's the journey. Well, Justin, you share such great content on your YouTube channel. 
I love how you just go into productivity. You talk about some books, you talk about connections and all the things, anything entrepreneurial, you have so much great video content on there. What is the best way for people to connect with you? YouTube, uh, for sure. I'd say go there, subscribe, drop any comments. If you need any specific videos done, I will do them. And then if you want to reach me directly, Instagram is probably the best place. Just shoot me a DM and I manage that account. I will respond. So, Justin, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Um, your newsletter is an inspiration. We're actually looking at it right now for our new newsletter, um, just for a little modification. So go subscribe to Kate's newsletter and follow all her episodes too. And we'll catch you on the next one. <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> and there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Do you see what I mean about Justin being so strategic? He really lives on purpose and you can tell. And I love that he shared how being with his family is where he feels most fulfilled because don't you relate? I feel like we can all go chasing all of these big, big dreams and goals. But at the end of the day, it's, it's being with our family. It's doing things that we enjoy and that we love. And when, when we're living more on purpose, that's how we live a fulfilling life. And so I love hearing him talk about his businesses and how he is very strategic and the content that he creates and what he puts out into the world. And do you notice how Justin takes the long view? He's thinking about building his YouTube channel and building his business and, and everything that he's creating. And he's, he's taking that long view and recognizing that he just has to show up every single day to keep creating, to, to not listen to the haters. In fact, one of the comments that he made that I loved so much was when he says, haters are just confused admirers. It's so good. And I know that I said that at the beginning, but it's worth repeating, isn't it? Because it's that good, because I think so often we don't pursue the work that we really want to, or we don't share our ideas or create content and put it out into the world because we're scared that people won't like it. We're scared that people will have bad things to say about it. And you know what? So what? So what? So I hope that you you got something out of this episode. I know I did. I always do whenever I get to hear Justin and I am grateful that I had an opportunity to share him with you. So please check out his YouTube channel. I'll link everything in the show notes and connect with him over on Instagram. He shares really great content. If there was any part of this episode that really resonated with you, I would love to hear it. Uh, please message me either over on Instagram or over on LinkedIn. I would love to hear from you. Also, I have a YouTube channel that I have been doing this show on. So I've been live streaming this show over on my YouTube channel. So if you ever want to check out these episodes and actually see our faces on the show, then you can do that over on my YouTube channel. You can go to katebowman.video. You can actually get directly to that channel and the newsletter that Justin had talked about, which he's so sweet. He always gives me a shout out for that newsletter that I have that goes out every Sunday. It's called Massive Optimism. And you can go to massiveoptimism.club to check that out. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate you. I love doing this podcast. I love that you are enjoying it, that you're listening. I mean, I'm assuming you enjoy it. You're enjoying it. Otherwise, you would not hear me talking right now at the end of this episode. If there's any guests or topics that you would like me to bring onto the show, would always love to hear from you. So let me know. And until next time, go create something.